This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We want to go over the waiver wire ads for week six. And let's get right into it. I want to talk about a few must ads this week. First of all, Daryl Williams. Clyde Edwards Hilaire has an MCL injury. He's going to be out probably at least three weeks or so. Uh, I think Daryl will be a serviceable RB2 with upside. Really depends on how much they choose to use him in the pass game, but he was already preferred in those situations. Jarek McKinnon will be used some, but Williams will be the, the unquestioned goal line back as well. So he's the guy that you want. I'm spending like 20% of fab, you know, in most, you know, in most scenarios. But listen, if you really need to RB too badly, uh, you know, depending on what your league usually does in these type of situations, you might have to spend more. I get it. Uh, but if you need somebody over the next few weeks, Dal Williams is going to be uh, a good RB2 for you. Devontae Booker, another running back you can use over the next few weeks as an RB2 while Saquon Barkley deals with his low ankle sprain. The Giants, I think, here are, you know, I think they're being extra cautious, uh, but the injury doesn't seem too serious. I wouldn't be surprised if Barkley is backed back after like one missed game. You know, even though the timeline from Ian Rappaport was two to four weeks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back after a week, but you know, there has been situations, you know, he has been, you know, getting these injuries. So the giants might want to just be extra cautious here. Maybe they'll hold him out a couple of weeks. So Devontae Booker, uh, you know, can be an RB two for you. Uh, you know, especially when Daniel Jones is in right. The offense is definitely going to take a step back. If Daniel Jones does not play in week six, uh, for Booker, I'd spend like 15% fab, maybe 20% if you really need a running back. All right, Kadarius Tony. Like, if you don't need a running back at all, and you have like serious depth, and, and you're good over the next few weeks, I, I, I'm always of the opinion that you can never have too many running backs. But um, Kadarius Tony, you know, he, he's a must add as well. You know, it's possible that Sterling Shepard is back next week. Maybe Darius Slayton too. Kenny Galladay does have a hyperextended knee injury that we don't know the extent of just yet. Um, this is really a bet on you know what we saw from Tony over the last two weeks, especially what he did in this game on Sunday. 189 receiving yards on 10 catches, uh, 13 targets. Um, I mean, that's a breakout game right there. That's nothing to scoff at. And there were plenty of highlight reel type of catches over the last two weeks, especially in this game. He caught six balls for 78 yards in week four as well. Um, So with extra opportunity, it's looking like he's cashing in. Um, The bet you're making here with him is that he will play over Slayton, right? For example, if all these wide receivers are back healthy. Right, and that he gets the target share because because of what he's shown. Right, there is a path where he doesn't get the targets. Right, and that's why you have to hedge a little bit because you know there were guys ahead of him on the depth chart. Right, and you'd be betting on a move 
um, if you're spending to get him this week, right? I personally, it wasn't high on Tony at all coming coming out of college, uh, but it looks as though he has improved. Like his route running was really like suspect when he was coming in the league, and you know he doesn't route he doesn't run like traditional type of routes. But hey, I liked what I saw this weekend, I, and I don't know how you can't, right? So I'd be willing to spend like fifteen to twenty percent of Fab to take that shot on a breakout rookie wide receiver. Um, and I'm willing to take the shot that he kind of moves up the depth chart a little bit, uh, at least over Darius Layton. All right, Rondell Moore, uh, another must pick up. Uh, he didn't run a full complement of routes like that we, we've been used to that, but he finally ran more routes than Christian Kirk, uh, and that's notable. Chase Edmonds was a bit limited in this game because of injury, so we need to take that into account. And I did mention before this week that Moore can potentially have a larger role because of it. Uh, but his increase in playing time is significant, and their tight end, Max Williams, seems to be out for the year uh, with a knee injury. Right? Uh, that's going to open up more opportunity with Moore and possibly have the Cardinals run a lot more four wide receiver sets. They were already... Uh, they, they were already leading the league in 10 personnel, uh, which is four wide receivers, but we could see even more of that now. Uh, he'll probably be on the field more moving forward. Um, I'd spend about 15% of fab on him if he's still available in your league. All right, uh, those are the must-adds. Now let's just move to running backs uh, as a whole. I mentioned those two running backs as must-adds, Devontae Booker and Daryl Williams. Now let's move on to Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, Damian Harris, you know, he has... Some sort of chest or rib injury, it's not too clear, and it probably won't be until later in the week, um, you know, unless we see Harris get some full practices in. But I would pick him up just in case that Harris can't go this week at home against the Cowboys. You know, this game might not be a great match, like make a great game script for Stevenson, but he could still see 15 carries, you know, 20 carries if the game somehow stays close and goal line work. So this very well can be a Brandon Bolden game, game script wise. Uh, but Stevenson would still be a low end touchdown dependent RB2 if Harris, uh, you know, can't go in this game. Uh, if he, he would be startable. Um, so, you know, it, it, there's a lot of teams who, who are desperate for running backs. And, you know, Ron Stevenson can potentially fill that hole for you. Uh, now, he did out carry Bolden 11 to 2 while Harris was banged up this past Sunday. So the roles are pretty isolated between those two guys. Uh, Alice Collins, a lot of people still didn't pick him up, even though Chris Carson was on the injury report last week before that, thir- before that Thursday night game. Chris Carson is still listed as day-to-day with his neck injury uh, that caused him to miss the game on Thursday. Uh, there's a possibility Carson can't go this week, so Collins will have the role that he had last week if Carson can go as their early down starter. Um, he was on the field for 71% of snaps. He had a total of 17 opportunities, and that can increase with Russell Wilson now out, right? Knowing Pete Carroll, they might simply depend on the running game more, or try to at least. Uh, tough matchup, right, this week, no doubt, against the Steelers, so I'd downgrade him to like a low-end RB2 play when he would normally be a solid RB2 play. But, hey, listen, if you need a running back uh, with opportunity, you, you know, you, you, sometimes you, you, you don't have that many choices and, and you got to go uh, with the tough matchup, but with a guy who's getting opportunity. All right, Khalil Herbert, um, he was a lot more involved in the Bears' backfield than I thought he would be. Herbert ended up getting more carries than Damian Williams, had only one less opportunity than him in this game. He was on the field for some of the goal line opportunities as well. He's a flex play with David Montgomery out through his bye uh, in a few weeks, and there's always the possibility that Herbert plays well enough to handle the majority of rushing attempts ahead of Damian Williams as another week goes by. So Herbert did look pretty good 
with his opportunities. Uh, and, you know, as a prospect, you know, he's someone I had as a back who had underrated workhorse potential. So, you know, he's not a must-add, but if you want some running back depth uh, to cover you for the next couple of weeks, he's a solid pickup. I'd spend maybe 10% of my fab um, unless you're desperate to position, you know, where you need to spend more and just get somebody who could potentially give you 15 touches. All right, Jeff Wilson. Uh, it doesn't seem like Jeff Wilson will be available, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks. You know, the 49ers do have their bye. Uh, he's eligible to come off the pup in week seven, but I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Uh, right now, Elijah Mitchell is the clear back between him and Trey Sermon. Sermon only played on two snaps this past week with Mitchell back. So Wilson, you know, he had a couple big games at the end of last year, and Shanahan does like him. So it's possible that Wilson is the guy that he prefers over everyone in this backfield. Like, who knows how likely that is, but with all of the usual ambiguity over this backfield, who knows, right? I put Wilson in my IR spot right now if I have one and if he's available. Uh, it seems as though he can be back around week eight or week nine. Um, and, you know, Jeff Wilson was probably leading, you know, right behind Mostert uh, in terms of the depth chart to start the year before he got hurt. Okay, Samaji Pirine, you know, he's on the COVID list, so he's eligible to go on your IR spot after you pick him up. Uh, if he's off the list and Joe Mixon doesn't play for whatever reason, he should be rostered and played as an RB2. He played well last week as the primary back ahead of Mixon, and I'm only listing him here because he actually did well with his opportunities last week. So, But if I had to put my money on it, though, I'd bet that Mixon does play in you know somewhat full capacity this week. He looked good in his limited opportunity on Sunday. But, you know, if Mixon can't play uh, and Perine is, Perine is still on the COVID list, Chris Evans would be the next man up and would be an RB2 play. All right, Michael Carter is the Jets' lead back right now. He's getting goal line opportunities as well. He should be added in deep leagues, but all the Jets need, you know, this offense, if they improve, then, you know, Michael Carter is going to start to have some fantasy value. He's a decent stash, you know, because the only way the Jets can go up, you know, go right now is up. Or I guess... Still suck, but but yeah, he, he's a he's a relatively solid stash uh, in a twelve team or deep deeper league. Sony Michelle still less than fifty percent rostered, and, and he should be rostered. He he would be near in every down back if Dal Henderson were to get hurt, uh, and we haven't seen Henderson show that he is a durable back. I love Henderson. I'm starting him as an RB one wherever I have him, but I don't necessarily trust him. You know to to. You know, stay healthy. It's like almost every game he's getting banged up almost. So, like, I just want to, you know, in, either insure him or at least have Michelle on my bench in the in the case that Henderson does get hurt. And then I have, uh, you know, an, a high-end RB2 in Michelle um, to take over. Brandon Bolden, he's entering a game script that can potentially favor him. Like I mentioned before, if Damian Harris is limited or can't play in Week 6, I think Bolden will take some early down pass play away a work pass work play no pass play work <laughs> away from uh Ramondre Stevenson as well so if the Cowboys go up early in this game Bolden can potentially finish you know with like five or six catches so he can be a deep PPR running back if you need one all right moving on to wide receivers Darnell Mooney uh he didn't come through last week but he should still be stashed for when him and Justin Fields start producing consistently I I understand not wanting to wait, you know, and rostering some high upside running back handcuffs instead. I get that. But Mooney still had a 25% target share despite only five targets. You know, keep in mind that the Bears went very run heavy in this game. You know, they were up all game, so that's what they chose to do. Michael Gallup, he's going to be returning soon. Maybe not this week, but potentially after their bye. Gallup should be prioritized with your IR spot if you have one. If not, he's still worth a stash on the bench 
for his impending return. The, the Cowboys will likely go back to being a bit more pass-heavy once Gallup returns, and there can be room for him to do his thing as an upside wide receiver three once he's back. Okay, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Um, Quintess Cephas broke his collarbone. It can be season-ending. St. Brown saw eight targets two weeks in a row after running the most routes of any wide receiver this past Sunday. He led the team in targets, and it's possible that it continues. I'd say he, he's more valuable in PPR since he's not running a ton of deeper routes, although he did run a higher percentage of perimeter routes this past week uh, than he's had over the first four games, uh, and that probably came because of the Cephas injury. So, you know, Tyrell Williams... Also coming back, so keep an eye out for him as well. Um, but it's possible that Amon Ra, you know, leads this uh, team, uh, at least this wide receiver room and targets moving forward. Tim Patrick, he's a good wide receiver, right? Uh, his target share is up there with Cortland Sutton. So he can be started as an upside flex most weeks. But just keep in mind that Jerry Judy is on track to come back soon. Hunter Renfro, solid floor in PPR leagues, continually getting it done, um, you know, top 36 wide receivers so far through five weeks. I, I wouldn't pick him up if you're good at wide receiver, right? Like, I don't need him as, like, my, you know, my fifth wide receiver on my bench. I'd only pick him up if you need a PPR flex or at least, you know, a PPR flex option moving forward. I'd rather stash a high-end upside, you know, running back who, who's a, you know, a handcuff to some, you know, on a good offense or something, right, than, you know, than keep Renfro on my bench uh, if you don't really have a real need at wide receiver. Rashad Bateman, you still have some time to pick Bateman up and throw him in your IR. He is one of my favorite wide receiver prospects in this class. Uh, and the Ravens are throwing the ball a lot more. Lamar Jackson absolutely killed it on Monday Night Football. He's setting records right now in the passing game, mind you. Um, so there's room for him on this offense if he does his thing to start his career. Uh, Marquez Callaway. Deontay Harris has a hamstring injury, so Callaway's target share can potentially start being more consistent with Harris out. Harris was the guy at, at, you know, at wide receiver for the Saints for the first four weeks of the season, and it only took you know, one of his two snaps to score a long touchdown in week five. Um, so Callaway, you know, he's the definition of boom bust, um, but you know, he, he's a potential you know, flex play for upside. Christian Kirk, even though Rondell Moore ran more routes than Kirk uh, for the first time this past week, it's, it's not a death blow to Kirk. Max Williams' potential season-long injury will open the door for even more wide receiver sets, and Kirk will have his games as a result. So you want pieces of this offense, and when you need to throw someone in your lineup, you know Kirk's upside is always intriguing, uh, regardless of the matchup. All right, let's move on to tight ends. Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, he ran around on 88% of dropbacks and was targeted at a 24% rate. So, you know, a few targets in the end zone as well. So he should be a tight end one play while Logan Thomas is out. Hunter Henry, creating some separation between him and John Smith in terms of who the primary pass catcher is. Henry ran around on 81% of Mac Jones dropbacks on Sundays. That, that's a great number. 29% target share on Sunday. That's a good number too. So, you know, let's see if this becomes a trend, but Hunter Henry should be picked up at this point. Dan Arnold ran a route on 79% of routes uh, for Jacksonville. We see the 26% target share this past Sunday. Maybe you were wondering where those targets went if you had Marvin Jones. Goodness. Um, you know, he's only been on the team for a couple weeks. So this is a good sign for Arnold's usage moving forward. When we're going we're gonna to monitor that to see if it becomes a trend. Um, I know Russell Wilson's out for a while, but Gerald Everett was really separating himself between him and Will Disley in terms of routes run before Everett got COVID, but he's off the COVID list now. So if that continues, he's still a tight end that's running a lot of routes, and that itself is something worth paying attention to regardless of, of who your quarterback is. 
All right, some quarterback streamers. Daniel Jones, you know, might be out this week because of a concussion, but he but he might not be. You know, we'll see. You know, I'll keep an eye out on him this week. If he's good to go and able to pass the concussion protocol, Jones might have a shot at a shootout against the Rams this week. Taylor Heineke had a tough matchup on Sunday. Didn't do well for fantasy, but he gets the Chiefs this week. He's going to have to throw, and he's a gunslinger. He's got it done before, you know, this past Sunday. So good matchup for his weapons. Um, Sam Darnold played like shit on Sunday, after, you know, against the Eagles, but Minnesota might be a better matchup for him. I'm willing to stream him if he is the best available quarterback for you. Carson Wentz at home against Houston this week. We saw what, you know, he was capable of on Monday night, threw for 400 yards. You know, he might not go crazy most weeks, but he can be solid. Couple defensive streamers in Indianapolis against Houston uh, at home. Um, they, they played relatively well against the Ravens through three quarters, but you know Lamar Jackson did his thing at the end. Um, Dallas at New England. This you know Dallas's fantasy defense has been very solid through five weeks. Uh, Miami at Jacksonville. They're an option as well. Um, okay, here are a couple guys I'm dropping. Um, I'm a, or I'm comfortable dropping Elijah Moore. You know, and by the way, I'm only dropping these guys, not just outright dropping, but if I'm dropping them to pick up someone that I need. Right, not just dropping him because I'm frustrated. It's like, all right, well, I have to make a tough decision here because I really want this guy on the waiver wire. That's why. That's how why I'm going to be dropping these guys. Want to make that clear first. So Elijah Moore, you know, I'm definitely keeping an eye on him. But right now, he didn't get. He only got two targets in this past game. How long are we going to wait for this breakout? But you know, I'm going to keep an eye on him. But I'm willing to drop him. Uh, Ronald Jones, he's kind of dead weight at this point. You know, Leonard Fournette is the guy on early downs. He's getting some work in the passing game, too. The only way that Ronald Jones becomes relevant is if Leonard Fournette gets hurt. And even if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, Ronald Jones is going to be, you know, relegated. You know, not relegated, but he's going to be uh, limited to only early down work. John o. Smith. Um, you know, Hunter Henry, I mentioned him um, as a pickup. John o. Smith, he's trending downwards. So if you have him on your... Roster, like, honestly, I don't see any need to hold him. So I'm dropping him. Kenyon Drake, Jalen Richard came back from injury, and he kind of shared Kenyon Drake's receiving role, which sucked, right? So, like, you know, what is Kenyon Drake's upside? If Josh Jacobs gets hurt again, now what? Jalen Richard is going to, you know, uh, share the work with Kenyon Drake, and you're going to have Peyton Barber taking the early down work? Like, I don't understand it. Now, John Gruden did get fired, right? So it's possible that there's a little bit of shuffling happening in this backfield where Drake gets more of a role. So, you know, if you don't have to drop Drake, I would like to see if his usage uh, changes because of the coaching change. It's very possible. So I, I wouldn't mind keeping him for another week if he can. Robert Tanyan, it's time to drop him. He had less than 10 yards receiving in four or five games. MVS has been out. I'm good. I'm moving on. All right, guys, that's it. Hope you guys get whoever you want on your waiver wire. No, it's not It's not a bad thing to be a little aggressive on the waiver wire. You know what I'm saying? Uh, improve that team. Keep improving. Even if your team hasn't been doing well, even with a 1-4 and four start, hey, you can still make the playoffs. It, it all matters when your team peaks, and it could peak in the playoffs. So you never know. Uh, just get your team in. Um, but all right, guys, have a good one. I'll see you guys soon. I'll see you on Thursday with the week one mat. I'm sorry, the week, <laughs> the part one of the week six matchup preview. I'll see you guys then. Have a great week. See you guys later. Bye.